0: Coming up next on Motherhood and Filtered is going to be okay. And
1: you being in that closet, I mean, it just, I mean, like, it took me back to a time when I, the first time I locked myself in the bathroom, my kids were outside my door, you know, wanting to get in. I had, you know, raised three boys in. I was just bawling. I was like, I I don't even know what I'm going to do because these kids are crazy, you know? (laughs) Hello, everybody. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have a guest. Her name is Tiffany Vaughn. And she is going to tell to us about her mental health struggles and strategies that she uses for children with ADHD. And we might get into some little spirituality there. So I think all of that goes hand in hand together. And she does have her own coaching that she does and her podcast. So I'm really excited to talk to her today. Uh, But before I bring her on, I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening to the podcast on audio, then go out to Apple iTunes or go to Spotify and rate and review the podcast. That lets me know how I'm doing, kind of like my report card. So, And I would like for you to share that with someone that you care about. So without further ado, here is Tiffany. Hi, Hi, Tiffany. (laughs) I'm good. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. And I know things have been kind of busy for everybody. So I really do appreciate that. So just give us a little bit of a background and kind of go into your mental health journey and the things that you struggle with and then we could talk about you know the kids with ADHD. Sure yep
2: so hi everyone my name is Tiffany Vaughn and I am from a small town just outside of Calgary Alberta Canada and my mental health struggles really started in around 2000 and Five, I would say, or sorry, mm-hmm. 2005. Mm-hmm. And I was going to school to get my professional accounting designation as a CPA. Mm-hmm. In- and I was taking one class every semester in the evenings and working full time during the day. And I did that for 10 years. And it around the seven, eight year mark, I started to Um, really struggle with my mental health and with just knowing that I didn't want to be doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. But I had gone that far that it was really hard to stop going. Right. So so that was the real start of my mental health challenge. So, So what were
1: some things that you were having trouble with during that time? Well,
2: one thing that I remember distinctly and It was in the eighth year. I was sitting in the back of a classroom and I had been going to this school for eight years in the evening, Mm -hmm. semester. And I remember sitting in the back of this classroom and it felt like my brain, I thought the only way I can explain it, it felt like my brain just was misfiring. Like it Mm -hmm. was like, I just wanted to like blurt out stuff at the instructor or people. Mm -hmm. And like, I was just like, I hate it here. I, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, you're stupid or like just, crazy, yeah. right. And so I went home that night and I said to my, my husband and my mom, I phoned my mom. And I was like, I got to quit. Like I'm losing my mind. I'm actually losing my mind. Yeah. And so they said, well, let just sleep on it and we'll like talk about it more tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so we actually looked into finishing it online so that I wouldn't mm-hmm go in classroom. And thank goodness at that time they had moved a lot online. Right. They had just started doing that. So it was amazing. Yeah. So the last two years of the program, I actually took online, except for the um, exams, I would have to go in and do the exam. Right. But right. during that process, I I knew that there was something really, I was needing desperate help. And yeah, I, that's the first time that I really knew that I needed to seek therapy Mm -hmm. and and I didn't find my person right away Mm -hmm. I didn't mesh with the first one but I did go to another one and I found that I could talk to him and Mm -hmm. it it absolutely helped me tremendously to the point where I did graduate I did finish and Mm -hmm. that was a huge accomplishment right Mm -hmm. so that was my first real Experience with the mental health challenge that I didn't know if I was going to get out of it. It was that right. it
1: was that dark for me. Well, I like that you when you said your brain was misfiring that you recognized that you needed to pay attention to that. Yeah, because I think a mm-hmm. lot of us we missed some of those those cues, mm-hmm. right? And and then it's too late, you know. Yep, and we've already spiraled out mm-hmm. of control. Well, one of Signs
2: was like I, you know how I said I, in the classroom, I was wanting to blurt out stuff that yeah. continued into my work where like I'd be sitting in a meeting and like I would want to like, like it felt like I was getting Tourette's where like I couldn't even hold anything in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so like it, it got really bad where my my brain couldn't even keep up anymore. Uh-huh. And so like that's why I knew I needed to get some help. Yeah. Right.
1: Do you think that during that time that you were just overwhelmed with work and school and family and yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So that leads into the next because during
2: this time that I was finishing my designation, my husband and I were also trying to have a baby and yeah. it was not working at all. So While working and going to school, we were also doing fertility treatments. Oh my! Nothing was working at all, and I was in my early 30s, so like nothing. My age wasn't really a big factor, but yeah, nothing was working. Right, and so that was playing a a factor in my mental health as well, and my self-esteem and everything to the point where we actually needed to go. To um, use IVF, Uh and that didn't work at first either. Wow! So there was just a lot, yeah, nance on myself and on my husband, and
1: yeah. So
2: yeah, it, it was just a hard time.
1: Yeah, I mean, just wanting to have a baby and trying to have a baby that is its own level of stress, right? And then having, I mean, I don't know that much about it, but I know that when they you know, give you injections or whatever. I mean, that affects your hormone, you know, oh, level. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's no wonder you felt like bursting out saves and things to whoever, you know. I mean, your body was probably like, I can't take anymore. No. You know, something's got to give. It so was,
2: it was a wild time. Like it, it yeah, just, no, no. No, it always felt like there was something really heavy going mm-hmm. on yeah, in my brain and just yeah.
1: overall. I always feel like when I get overwhelmed that my brain is on a racetrack. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. And it just goes around like I'm at the Indy 500, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it just keeps going. And and sometimes a roaring gets so loud, I can't, you know, I I just have to go to a quiet place. So... I can totally relate to that. Okay. So, you know, you're having, trying to have a baby. So I'm assuming that you and your husband finally did have a baby, right? We did.
2: It took five years. But we, we did end up having our beautiful daughter, Avery. She's 14 now. Yep. And it was amazing. Um, But. Right away with her, even though it was, you know, we wanted this for so long. Right away, there was something just a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I literally could not go to the washroom or do anything without her with me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, There was just a lot of stuff that looking back mm-hmm. now, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, we were trying to decide if we were going to have another. We had embryos left over. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, but they they didn't work we tried and they didn't work so what we were faced with was try the whole thing over again Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. just be very happy with our one child right And it's very expensive Um, yeah then our my in-laws were so wonderful and they lent us the money so we tried and and this time it worked much better because we ended up with twin boys. And <laughs> well, we we wanted one more, and we got two. So, which is boy, I think you got stories to tell. The first year was, I tell everybody this, the first year was so bananas and Uh so so tiring that I only remember anything based on pictures. That's That's true. I think all new mothers are like that. Oh, it was. (laughs) There was a lot of times where, like, we had, like, people there helping with us. and yes. Like a baby would be in one corner of the house and the other would be in another. And there'd be empty bottles. Like it would look like a frat party, but like with
1: empty bottles. A baby frat party. You know, it, was,
2: it was insanity. So it was really, really.
0: If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's a n c h o r.fm to get started.
2: Really tiring. Where we lived at that time was a small town another small town just outside of Calgary that didn't have a lot of options for childcare, especially Mm. twin babies. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I are both professionals. So it was either I stay home or we get a live out or live in nanny. Mm -hmm. And I was not staying home because I was ready to go back. (laughs) So we ended up finding a live in nanny who uh, who joined our family and Mm -hmm. she's a saint. And she lived with us for just over about two and a half years. She didn't. So she was with us until the boys were about two and a half. She didn't. Almost three. She didn't. So during that time, it was heaven. Like, yeah. We went to work <laughs> and sh- we got the and All three of the kids were like in their pajamas, bath, bed, yeah. you name it. It was. Yeah. It was heaven. And then when she decided to move on, that's when reality set in. And she was definitely, I think, shielding a lot from us in terms of stuff that might have been going on during the day. Yeah. Because as soon as she left, we either had to find another nanny or put them in the daycare and day homes or whatever. Right. But again, we had moved to another small town, not a lot of nanny options. Right. So we ended up putting them in a day care mm-hmm. and yeah. that lasted about three days. <laughs> and we got a call Spain. no, they cannot be together. Like, like we can't have them here because mm-hmm. they're like, it was wild. And so we actually made a decision at that time right. to separate our boys into two different day homes. And that was they were like three and a half years old and so like but leading up to that what a report or a write-up or a complaint or something every single day almost Mm -hmm. like every we went to go pick them up it was something going on with them Mm -hmm. wow so then I was told by somebody that I know like me you should take them to a pediat their pediatrician and give Mm -hmm. them all the work that you have have. and well I spent all that paperwork in because it was Stacked. So good. And, and immediately they were all diagnosed with ADHD. Oh, all of them. And obd oppositional defiance disorder.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and so that was a holy crap. Yeah. I didn't even really know what it was. Like my yeah. daughter, my daughter had been diagnosed with it a couple of years earlier. Uh-huh. Didn't really even pay attention. Right. Yeah. It's taking care of twin babies. And yeah. I was just like, no, I didn't. and so anyway, that and everything that went into trying to keep them in daycares, day home, you name it, it took its toll on my mental health and my husband's. Oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. We where we live is 45 minutes from where we work, and mm-hmm. so if we call, like, we would have to like rush home. To, yeah, like it. So we are trying to. Do our management positions. Yep. As well as deal
1: with this. And it was just, no, it's, it is a lot for somebody, well, two people to handle, you know? Do they find that babies who were conceived from IVF have a higher, like, do more of them get like some kind of disorder like ADHD or? No, I don't, I don't
2: think so. Um, Um, It is very hereditary. And um, okay, after learning about ADHD and yeah. everything that goes into it, my husband was clearly ADHD and not um, diagnosed. I right. think I may even have a bit of it like it. There's a lot yeah. in his family, too. But it was the unknown and the not knowing how to deal with the loud and the chaos and the constant um, Yeah. Like having one with ADHD is something, but like yeah. all of, habit. And I was trying to like figure out a, like how to deal with one child when there was two others, and it was yeah. like constant chaos.
1: Oh my! <laughs> so are you.
2: One day I had had enough, and I, again I got to that point where my brain it was just an in overwhelm, and I went and I hid behind clothes in my closet. Because I yeah. was trying to hide from them, yeah. And I was sitting behind clothes in my closet. It's le- I can like chuckle now, but I was just like, I am yeah. sitting behind the clothes in my closet, hiding from my kids. Yeah, what is going on here? And I used but, to hide in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to hide somewhere. Yeah. And but it was also at that point where I I had the thought. I can't do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. I can't deal. Like, and it was in that closet where I got really, really, really angry for the first time at God that like, it took five years to get our daughter and then another five years to get our boys. So 10 years Mm -hmm. of struggles Mm -hmm. and now we have to deal with this. Yeah. like, What what are you doing to
1: me? What are you doing? (laughs)
2: Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm a good person. Oh, I was just so I was so angry and just, Uh but I also knew in that moment that I could never do that. I could never leave, and I'm so grateful that I had that knowing again that it was Mm -hmm. time to go and see somebody. Yeah, and yeah, right. Well, my daughter, because we had had her in play therapy, her therapist. Was a the play therapist, and she was actually training to be therapy for adults too.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> and
2: okay. I gravitated towards her. Like, oh yeah, I bet. Me. And from day one, like I, I started seeing her by myself as well. Mm-hmm. And I call her my Jenna, mm-hmm. and she gets my Jenna. And mm-hmm. she, she literally like helped me in so many mm-hmm. ways. She is the one who said you know you're supposed to do something with this pain yeah you're supposed to do something with all of this this isn't meant for you to go through Mm -hmm. and not share with anybody Mm -hmm. and so she said like have you ever thought of writing a book and I said yes I have Mm -hmm. because I got a lot of stories (laughs) and (laughs) then then I said but I've been thinking about starting a podcast mm -hmm. and 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 she said, that would be great. And mm-hmm. so one day I actually went on in the middle of the night on Amazon and I ordered a microphone and <laughs> that for months because I was terrified. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's going to listen to me or my story or, you know, but anyway, I talked to my husband and I said, and because I, I wanted him to be completely on board, wasn't doing it because it's his mm-hmm. story too. Right he i wrote out the the note for the first four or five episodes mm-hmm. and i am to him and he's like you're doing it you got to do this <laughs> so that's where my podcast hard beautiful journey came about and it started out telling our story and i was literally gonna be fine with four to five episodes and then collared, yeah. <laughs> and but I, Yep, Keep going and going, and I I have seventy five episodes now. Yeah, talking with other people about their hard, beautiful journeys, mm-hmm. and I'm on a hiatus right now doing it. Right, I'm actually writing a book right now, the second part of what I wanted to do. This book is about myself and my brother. And yeah, my brother passed away last October, almost a year ago from a sentinel mm-hmm. drug overdose. Mm-hmm. And he had so many mental health struggles and trauma and addiction. And so this book is going to be about generational trauma. What can happen when we don't seek out the help that we need and Mm -hmm. certain things that came about and and just our
1: story and our our relationship. Right. I knew that, you know, about your brother, but I didn't want to bring it up unless you were comfortable, you know, talking about that. But I feel like with, you know, your own struggles and with your children and your brother, that we struggle through these things and we don't have the tools or the skills to deal with them. And then the worst happens. Right. And so I feel like you doing this, you know, having your podcast, doing your book is, you know, helping other people that are going through the same thing that you have went through, mm-hmm. you know, and in you being in that closet, I mean, it just, I mean, like it took me back to a time when I, the first time I locked myself in the bathroom, my kids were outside my door, you know, wanting to get in, I had, you know, raised three boys and I was just bawling. I was like, I, I don't even know what I'm going to do because mm-hmm. these kids are crazy, you know. <laughs> they sure can be. I I started calling it sponsors of the Devil, and they yep. just thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know. And, yep. I, <laughs> and I mean, we have our own stories, you know, and they're all adults now. But And actually, once they got their puberty, they calmed down like yeah. a lot yeah. but before that i thought, i told him i was like we made it out alive like you know i always think of as like in survivor mode you know Absolutely. coming out of the woods right
2: <laughs> you know the show survivor is exactly parented oh my god
1: <laughs> i know
2: <laughs> it is unbelievable
1: yeah so what would be um some good advice for someone whose kid is you know acting crazy and you I mean we all know you know kids are you know rambunctious and excited and hyper but I mean what advice that you give you know hey if you see this you need to pay attention to that Mm
2: -hmm. right well for my daughter she's combined type ADHD so hyperactive both everything and the boys are not hyperactive they cannot keep focus on anything yeah and so my my mom and I actually went out to a conference where there was a doctor speaking who has ADHD and he has a son that has ADHD so he gave us so many strategies and tips (laughs) that we we just were floored like that Mm -hmm. is where we actually learned OK, when you see you ask them to go and put on their socks in the morning mm-hmm. and from going from like, say, they're in the living room to their bedroom, they stop like five times in d- different places and do it's, a patterns a sign. I'm yeah. sorry. It's because they're not keeping focus on right what they're supposed to do. Right. It, their function is not like I can't go from here to here. I have mm-hmm. to go here 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 right yes. uh, so that there's a million examples like that like you're yeah. just getting ready for school in the morning mm-hmm. and that was a whole thing so mm-hmm. we we countdowns so um, my kids cannot handle transition periods unless they're yep. notified they yep. need to have a notification period yep. i mean okay we're leaving in 10 minutes from now yep It prepares their brain to shift and to move into a new.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So then I'll say, okay, we're leaving in five minutes. Mm -hmm. And their brain starts to formulate what they need to do in the five minute period. Mm -hmm. And, okay, we're leaving in two minutes. And it literally that countdown, Mm -hmm. some started at 15 minutes, depending on how big the activity is. But the countdown has literally changed our morning. Yeah. And getting out the door because for the longest time we were just yelling at them, like, Mm -hmm. get ready, get your shoes on. Yeah, we got to leave. We got to go. Yeah. And that we couldn't put it together that they needed. They couldn't deal with transition. Right. So like that was a huge one for us. Right. Um, It went over into school, too, where Mm -hmm. they need they need transitions to move from one class to the next the teacher has to give them their account down there as well if you change their schedule and say you're going to go grocery shopping and then you change your mind
1: not a good idea <laughs> i know <laughs> the one mm-hmm. thing that helped me with my oldest was when i was talking to him and he's looking at me but you can tell he's far away yep. so i would put my hands by his face. And I would say, look me in the eye. And he would look at my hands and start that is the exact
2: same thing that I did with one of our sons, because it's same thing. Like he he couldn't focus on you. Yeah. And as soon as you say, no, rider, focus here, 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 here. And like you get them to focus in and then they kind of come out of it. Yeah whatever they're focusing on, right?
1: Right, right. But
2: yeah, Well, I, I, I could go on for hours about the strategies, but I think it's more just knowing when uh-huh. when there's a lack of attention. Yeah. That was a big sign for us is they couldn't keep attention on things. Right.
1: I think the one thing I learned going through that was I had to be more intentional with his routine. Mm-hmm. Like you said, now before when we did our trans, you know, transition, did one thing and switched to another. I, he, I knew it was going to be a mess, so I did not want to tell him about it. Like I would just pick him up and go, and he's like, you know, he's freaking out, right? Yeah, yes. which was the worst thing you could do. So I mean, it took me a long time. I ended up, I he was in therapy. I was in therapy too for parents with kids, you know, who had AD, ADHD. So. I can definitely relate to everything that you're, you know, that you've had to go through. And so in having routines, that was the big thing was having a routine, you know,
0: it is a struggle. So, Hi, I'm Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. I had to tell you, I have put together a list of my top 10 most played episodes. So go to my website, www.nikkiasherbowling.com forward slash my mixed tape list. Yeah, it's called my Mixtape tape list and I know I've dated myself. However, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes or Spotify.
1: So how can people reach out to you if they, you know, would like to, you know, get in touch with you about coaching or, you know, or when you are finished with your book? Absolutely everything.
2: You can find me um, at hardbeautifuljourney.com and you can reach out on there or hardbeautifuljourney on Facebook, on Instagram, just send me a message. And yeah, I'm, I'm always open to talking with anybody about any of their mental health or struggles with ADHD because it's it can be lonely very very lonely it doesn't need to be it really doesn't
1: yeah and there's so many things that people don't if they don't understand the disorder you know I was part of a church when they were little and they're just like what you just need to you know he just needs punished you know, I'm like, he doesn't even understand. If for the longest time, I didn't want to put him on medication. And my mom was like, listen, Nikki, how do you think he feels? He can't even control himself. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even think of how he was feeling. I was just thinking about how I was going to feel, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway,
1: and those are just some of the things, you know, that, you know, we have to make decisions mm-hmm. on and think about. But I am so glad that you took time out to talk to me today. And I hope that in the future, you will come back on and we can have another conversation, especially, you know, once your book is out. And uh, like you said, if you have kids that have this disorder, there are tons of stories, Mm -hmm. you know. And if you're once you're going through them, you just want to cry. But now, you know, like mine are adults now. I just, you know, I try to laugh about it because if not, I'll cry. Because mm-hmm. it takes you right back to that moment when those things happen.
0: Absolutely.
2: I would say, too, like being a few years down the road now, it really does get easier. Yep. It really does. And if somebody would have told me that four years ago, I, I wouldn't have believed them. So <laughs> I completely yeah. understand. It. People are saying, no, I don't believe you. Right. But I wouldn't have either there. Right. Because it was chaos. Yeah. But there are people that have been there and, and can just listen because yeah. sometimes you just need to vent
1: and, and keep it piano. out. And then then you can reset, right? Right, right. Well, I thank you so much for talking about this. And uh, I hope that you have a wonderful evening. Thank Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me.
0: Did you love this episode of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay? click the link in the description to check out my mixtape list already set up to get you started if you enjoyed my show motherhood unfiltered please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Motherhood Unfiltered. Until then, this is Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered and don't forget it's going to be okay.